0: hola and welcome to the beauteous me podcast a relatable and authentic space for all tune in as we share stories of triumph resiliency and healing we do this all while finding its inner beauty my name is jamili whitfield and the journey begins now Hi, guys. Welcome back for another episode of the Beautiest Me podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying your vacations, your holidays. You know, everyone has a different name for it. Um, just resting and relaxing. And we are back with another episode. We are back with another amazing guest. We have Halima Yates.
1: Welcome, Halima. Hi, Jamila. Thank you for having me here.
0: Thank you, thank you. So guys, Holima Yates is the CEO and founder of Lovemark. Is that the way I
1: say Love Lovemark? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's. I knew it. I was like, I knew
0: it has to be Lovemark. But... <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's spelled differently, but yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so Lovemark is a coaching company that provides customized workshops, events, and multimedia productions on self-empowerment, social, emotional, and mental wellness, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Her clients include nonprofits and national and international companies embracing positive self-identity, recidivism prevention, and an inclusive and equitable work environment. In 2017, Halama founded Love Mark to inspire others to recognize their power to transform themselves in ways that positively impact their life and their community. Halima, welcome, 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 welcome! <laughs> Thank That's you so much have you here. So I'm I just happy- I need to read this quote. I really need to read this quote that um is in your in your book. So guys, Halima wrote an amazing book, and this is what we're gonna get into it. You know, I love having authors here um telling their true authentic story um because that's the purpose of Beauty is me, right? But this quote kind of stood for me and it says, Heal my wounds and let my fading scars be stories of my triumphs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into your book. You wrote a powerful book, and this is an, an excerpt from the book. Mm-hmm. Weeks before, weeks passed before I put the gun to my head to pull the trigger. I didn't even know if it was loaded, but before taking the fatal shot, I realized I should write a letter to explain why. Halima, tell us about your story. How did you get here?
1: Yes. So, yeah, I'll I'll just go ahead and start pretty much from the beginning, um, just to explain my journey. Yeah, my mother, um, she she needed to leave a troubled marriage. And so at, at the time, we were in Wichita, Kansas, which is where I was born. We moved back to Denver, Colorado, where I am now, um, and we moved in with her parents. And in this house, there was 11 of us. So it was a huge household. And, um, and sometimes there would even be more people, because my grandparents were just amazing people in the community who would always be there for people, and they would invite people in. The door was always open, and people would sometimes need a place to stay or need guidance. So So, um, it would be a house house (laughs) growing up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it taught me definitely to, you know, be there for people in in a generous way, things like that. Um, but it was also a place where I started to feel alone and just lonely and then also didn't feel safe, um, sometimes. So with there being 11 of us, you know, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, sisters, my mother and I, and other people sometimes here and there. Um, I was the youngest. So there were just times where I just, I wasn't included uh, a lot of the time, like my cousins and sisters, they were able to build relationships with each other. And I just was, you know, by myself, you know, I had friends in the community and at school and everything. So that was great, but I wanted to fit in with the family. And so that was difficult because I felt like I wasn't lovable enough if they didn't want to hang out with me. And I just felt like I was unwanted. And Mm. my mother, yeah, it was, it was hard. Um, my mother wasn't around much because she was working, so it was just I hung out with my grandma a lot. My grand, my grandmother was was home a lot, so I hung out with her. And my grandfather was out in the community a lot, so she was what I hung out with. But um, my mother did eventually remarry, and then we moved into a community where there wasn't a lot of ethnic diversity. So that was a culture shock for me dealing with that, and then having to you know I faced exclusion. I, I dealt with um, you know racism and and you know, just microaggressions and and just people just sometimes just weren't nice to me. Like, I just dealt with things I wasn't dealing with before at school. Um, So anyway, all all that to say, I just continued to have things happen to me that had me feel like I didn't matter and I wasn't lovable. And feeling that way, I started going to substance use. I was like, I needed to have fun. I needed to feel better. And so that's what I went to. And I ended up getting more empty, um, numb. And I finally couldn't rationalize the reason for me to be here. And so at 16, that's when I attempted suicide. And as you were reading in in the beginning about, you know, choosing between a bullet and, you know, aspirin, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I am I attempted suicide at 16. And my grandmother, you know, after I survived and my grandmother had me with a spiritual guide in order to help me out. And this person told me that once you have a purpose then you have a reason to live. Mm-hmm. So after that, I was just trying to figure out who I was, what I really wanted in life. And I mean, it didn't come automatically, you know, for so long to not be alone. there I had moments where I wasn't always myself and I was was trying to fit in and I would be different people to just have acceptance. So I had to figure out who I was and what mattered to me and what I wanted in life and, and things like that. So... Yeah, it was, it was interesting being on this journey to, to find my path and, and be where I am today where I went from not loving myself and not knowing my worth to now believing in myself, knowing who I am and and wanting the best in life and, and making sure I'm making choices that can get me the kind of life I want to live.
0: What when, when was that aha moment for you when you said, I need to write a book about this, I need to tell my story?
1: You know, when I was about... Nineteen or twenty, like somewhere around there, I was writing a poetry book, so I was kind of going to do it then. But it was really when I started Love Mark four years ago, when I started doing the workshops and and seeing the reaction and the impact it was having and, and the feedback I was receiving. That's when I realized I'm gonna I'm gonna do this book and how I can do the book, like how I could write it, how I could create it, because it's 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 narrative plus it's my poetry and it's also art. Like I commissioned. Yeah, I wanted to have a lot of people be a part of this. So I had artists from, you know, worldwide that participated in this. And um, that's when it all started. You know, when I started Love Mark, started doing the workshops and and realized how I can make this book effective, Um, not just share my story, but also provide advice in order to to have readers be able to realize their ability to emotionally heal, manage and overcome adversities, know their worth and make choices to create the kind of life they want to have
0: love it love it love it so your title um the title of your book dissolving the anchor is for me it's metaphorically powerful um you know there's this pastor that i follow online um you know during the pandemic you know church shifted and everything so i was listening to him online and one of the series that he had was on anchored so just reading the title of your book um understanding the concept behind it on like when you're anchored, but also when you're releasing an anchor. So tell me why you chose this title for your book.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I, so the way that I look at anchor is it's holding you back. And so it's, it's anything that is preventing you from loving yourself, from being happy, from moving forward in life. So what has developed that anchor? What have you experienced? What have you heard? What, what have you gone through that developed these self-critical views that you have, this internal dialogue where you're tearing yourself down? What has developed that that has created your anchor? And in order to dissolve it, it's being aware of what has dissolved, what has created it. So then you can know what devaluing messages you need to unaccept as truth and realize it's not your reality. And then also what harmful experiences have impacted you. So you can learn from those lessons, but as well as forgive yourself and, and other people and forgive in a way. So it's, it's not about forgiving or like um, excusing what has been done or, or your act or behavior or anything, or someone else's act or behavior, but it's to release the weight of holding onto that pain and that guilt. It's to release that toxic connection. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer affecting your current life. So um, that's why I call it dissolving the anchor so you can be able to, Unravel yourself from everything that's holding you back and be able to move forward in life. Oh,
0: I got it. I love it. I just you know the title just really stood out for me and I was just like, you know, metaphorically like I understand, but I wanted to hear from you as to you know why you chose that title and what you know inspired you for that. So um, <laughs> yeah. I, as a clinician, as a therapist, I'm really curious, when did you start working through this experience, through this past trauma, through these empty feelings that you were having, these self-destructive behaviors, etc.?
1: you know, you, you would think it would have happened like after I attempted suicide and I met with the spiritual guide, but it, but really like, even though I was, you know, trying to figure out who I was, I was still living each day, like just barely existing, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm alive, you know, so that's part of my success, you know, and Mm -hmm. I wasn't realizing that, you know, until I don't even, I wish I could tell you like the day it actually happened when I was definitely like knowing how to change my life, but it just kind of gradually happened with certain experiences and the people I'd meet along the way who would, who would impart some wisdom on me. Um, So it just happened gradually in life where I, I finally came to a point where, wait a minute, everything that I do is going to have a certain reaction. It's going to create, produce certain results and I'm going to have certain experiences. And I mean, I, I, there was a couple moments for me that, that woke me up. So I guess I could share a couple of that is, yeah. um, I was traveling, trying to figure myself out. I wanted to stop self-sabotaging, you know, be self-sabotaging. And I was at a friend's house and he told me that every day you wake up, you've been given another chance to make your life better. Mm-hmm. So that right there clicked for me of like, wow, I, I really have control of my choices. It, it, it kind of clicked for me. Like what he said had me realize I can make my day what I want of mm-hmm. it. And, and in a way that can help me do something with my life, you know, progress mm-hmm. somewhere in my life, you know, have some type of a stable future. Like it kind of like clicked a little bit for me, but I didn't know how to do it yet. And so it wasn't really until I went back to college the second time, when I started getting involved in more leadership roles where I started realizing what I was capable of, that mm-hmm. is, that is when I could say for sure I i started to realize who I, who I was in in more of a way of how I can make sure that I'm, making choices that are going to be healthy for me, making choices that are going to be beneficial for my future. That was when it pretty much started, when I when I went back to college. And then during college, um, there was this trip that some of us took to Vietnam. And I met this Vietnam vet. Like a lot of the, the vets, they taught me a lot. But this one person in particular, I learned a lot from. And, and one of the things that I noticed he would say a lot, anytime anyone asked him how he was doing, he would always say, I'm great. Today's the best day of my life. And I told him that is, yeah. I was like, that's awesome. I love it. And, um, he was like, yeah, it's better than the alternative. And I was like, Oh my Mm. gosh. Yeah. I mean, I was someone who thought that to end my pain, I had to end my life. And now I'm trying to figure out how to end my pain without ending my life. And, and with this gentleman saying it's better than the alternative, it was just another way to express how each day we wake up, it's a gift. And what are we going to do with it? You know, have it be your best day. You're, you're here, you're existing. And so, yeah, I was just like, you know what? I do need to create a better life for myself. Like I keep on, like, I'm starting to figure myself out. I'm starting to make more beneficial choices, but I need to do something more stable. Like what's my future going to be, you know? So mm-hmm. it it just, it just, just the people along the way, other experiences I had and being able to to heal through them and get through them and manage it had me realize what I was capable of. I mean, all these different jobs, not jobs, I'm sorry, businesses that I started had me realize I didn't know what I was doing, but I figured it out. And that's Mm. something that I continue to do in life. I continue to figure it out. I continue to find my way and find like solutions to issues or have alternative plans. So yeah, I'm just, I just keep on living life to grow, figure it out. And what's going to continue bringing me joy
0: was that part of like your um aha I found my purpose kind of thing when in in college when you heard those things when you went to Vietnam was that a little bit of part of like your mm, okay maybe there is some purpose in me maybe maybe I could figure something out maybe I can shift you know and in in my thought process
1: a little bit you know like I I, I had those moments, like definitely, like you said, there there were some moments in college when I had, when I had those experiences that were some aha moments for me, but I feel like the, the one that, that lasted the longest or that like, where I'm actually like living it (laughs) was when I started Love Mark, when I, when I just felt like all this work I've been doing over the years, where I would, whether I was in plays for, facing life challenges and then sharing poetry, dealing with self-esteem or um, doing videos that were about social justice or anything like that. Like in, in being invited to speak at high schools, universities, like all that stuff was things I was doing on the side, but it was still things that were uplifting people. It was still things about realizing what we go through or realizing why we go through what we go through to figure out how we can solve our our issues. And so I realized I was always doing that. And then I realized I wanted to do this as a, as my life. I wanted, I, it was really four years ago when I started Love Mark where I was like, I want to create more love in the world. I want us to be able to value ourselves and value each other so we can know our worth. And then we can also have humanizing views of other people. So that's why I do, you know, self-empowerment workshops and diversity equity inclusion training because we can choose to be better to ourselves and other people to each other. And, and that was when I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I want to do forever. (laughs) So that, yeah, it was all of that, all of it combined.
0: (laughs) It's always great when you can be like,
1: this is it. This brings me joy. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) So what is your definition of a self-destructive mindset?
1: So my definition of a self-destructive mindset is if you are completely just tearing yourself down, not believing in yourself, not realizing what you're capable of, not being aware of who you are. And and that can happen in so many different ways. I mean, we could have people in our life who have said things to us, who have you know verbally abused us. And then we can have people who carried out actions that that expressed a way of not valuing us or appreciating us or respecting us. And then we take on those views for ourselves and, and it becomes our internal dialogue. It becomes the way we see ourselves when we look in the mirror. And and so we think it's it's our thoughts and it's, it's our truth. But it's stuff that we've experienced and learned that has made us believe this is our truth. So having that destructive mindset is when you're not when you continue to not know your worth and um, just criticize yourself, tear yourself down and be having self-defeating thoughts and behaviors that that's to me, what a destructive mindset is. And when it, when it's harmful to your self-esteem, your self-image, the choices that you're going to be making in life that are continue to reflect that you're not respecting or, or appreciating or loving yourself or valuing yourself. That's me. is a destructive mindset.
0: Yeah. So your book also provides readers, right? Your book is a combination. You wrote about poetry, you have some art, um, you have some of your storytelling, but you also provide readers with skills to shift a, destruct- a self-destructive mindset. So can you give us at least five skills?
1: Yeah, definitely. So it would be, so first and foremost, being aware of what has developed your views. So like there's so many different factors, whether it's um, education, religion, politics, your family, peers, your environment, the media and your experiences, all of these are shaping our views. So be aware as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the experiences, you know, because you can have great experiences, but also some horrible traumatic experiences. So it's being aware of all of that and how it's shaping your views. Mm -hmm. And so being aware of what views that you're having and then be aware of, how it's influencing your your choices like w- what developed your views what choices are being developed because of these beliefs that you have and then how can you then unaccept the damaging messages as truth and then being able to learn from the lessons and being able to forgive yourself and others and then making sure that you're making intentional choices moving forward. Now that you're aware of your views and your, your thought pattern, then it's shifting that. Because you once you're aware, you can consciously shift your mindset into a way that's more beneficial to you. And so then you can make intentional steps that are going to create more favorable outcomes that you're looking for. So yeah, being aware of what develops your views, how it's influencing your choices, and and then the rea- the results from those choices that you're making, being conscious yeah. of that.
0: Yeah, it, it's really being conscious of, um, you know what we call it in in the social work field or just the mental field, the self awareness and being mm-hmm. able to understand your triggers, your traumas, your symptoms, um, things that lead to these behaviors. Um, so whether it's an anniversary, whether it's you know, even now with with um, the news, with media, with yes. you know racism and everything that's going on in this world, it's how we're also showing up at work. How are we showing up with our white colleagues? How are we um, presenting ourselves when we see the news, the anger, the rage? You know, everything that we're feeling inside um, can also impact us when we think about that. You know, self destructive yeah. mindset because it could be. You either do something and take actionable steps or you can feel that way. And it's also triggering like another response from some past traumas where um, you're on a self-destructive path. So you're either drinking a little bit more, you're eating a little bit more or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're mindlessly scrolling on social media, like all these different things that that we tend to do when something kind of clicks that trigger. You know, so I'm glad that you you mentioned that.
1: Huh? (laughs) I like that you bring that up of what we do when we're triggered. Because yeah, yeah, are we, are we making choices that are going to continue to harm us? You know, like, yeah, I like that you bring that up. It's important to be aware of that. Like some of us may end up, you know, going to drugs and alcohol, or some of us may overeat or some of us, Mm -hmm. like, what are we doing to our body or, or just our relationships? Like there's so many reactions that we have when we're triggered. So it's important to be aware of what we're doing and is it healthy?
0: Yeah. I always like tell my, my clients, I say, you know, stop and think, what am I feeling in the moment? What is this about? you know, if you feel if you react, you know, because we're we're human beings, we feel we, we, we pick up people's energies, we, you know, it, it's auras, whatever, like you just pick yep. it up, and then something can piss you off at the moment. And it might be that you said something, a word that reminded me of something that happened to me in the past. It might be that you're telling your story. So even if you're telling your story to audience members, that might, you know, um, bring about some emotions that you felt that were repressed, but now you're showing up with an attitude in a bad mood or anxious or just eating, you know, ex- like everyone has like a different response to things that, you know, people have experienced. So yeah. I'm really, yeah, I, I, it was, you know, I was like excited to kind of talk about it because, you know, in in the way that you, you, you share this in, in your book and with the skills, it's really empowering to help people move forward and to help people take that leap of, OK, so I've, I've made an assessment. Um, I see what's going on now. What am I going to do about it? And how do we get unstuck, if you will, yes. unstuck from from that point? Because you could know ABC, but you can't get down to D, E, F and G because you, yes. you might be stuck at that elevator and (laughs)
1: that's so true and that's why in order to move forward that's why I always say you got to look at your past and what developed you to who you are today so then you can consciously be moving forward in in a a healthy way because we're when we're not facing what our there's unresolved trauma you know Mm -hmm. we're not facing what we've experienced that has harmed us and we keep you know pushing it aside and like you know, the whole, Oh, just get over it kind of a thing. No, Mm -hmm. because then you're not, you're not addressing it to finally be able to heal from it. So then you cannot allow it to subconsciously or unconsciously control you. So that's why I'm like, you gotta be aware of what happened so you can truly let it go and then be able to move forward in, in the direction that you want to go, like with, with all of that released from you.
0: Yeah. And, and it's, it's, So I I had wrote a book in November. I co-authored like with a group of authors and I wrote about, you know, toxic relationships. And one of the things that I had shared was, you know, my breakup with my son's father and at that lowest point in my life, how I felt um, suicidal and homicidal at that point. And I was very transparent, even as a, you know, as a clinician sharing that Um, and and you know you always think twice so it's just like the guilt of if i do this then i'm going to hurt someone that shouldn't do this because of this but what was the the feeling behind all of that was mm-hmm. that emptiness was rejection rejection for me i know that that's always been like a conscious effort because as you sharing a family of 11 being the youngest i was a family of <laughs> five five brothers i'm the youngest there was yeah. the most people in my house i was the only girl so it was like you know the the cultural dynamics and household dynamics and everything so it's like me me be seen be seen and feeling lonely mm-hmm. I you know it, it resonated with me and it 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 really sat in in, in understanding that that was also you know and in, in doing the work that I've done for myself um is that all that stories from the past still impacted me at that moment when something was hard for me to feel mm-hmm. at my lowest of my lowest. And so recognizing that and recognizing what your trigger points, as I've mentioned, and knowing how to move forward is important. And um, obviously, you know, I've done that and, you you know, you've done the work, but I always say that it's, it's great to take a, a inventory of your life, of inventory of things that have happened to you to start like putting puzzle pieces, which is like what I always tell my clients when I sit in for therapy. It's like everything is a puzzle piece. So this might be your reaction to this. This might be your reaction to this. This might be your reaction to this. So, yeah, Yeah. um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm grateful that you shared that piece. So what would Halima share or what would Halima tell her teenage self or someone going through similar struggles?
1: I always answer this question the same way. It still hasn't changed. I would tell my younger self that you matter. Mm. Because knowing that you matter, you're going to you're gonna make sure that you're not accepting mistreatment from other people. You're not gonna accept those toxic relationships. You're going to realize you deserve better. You're gonna take chances for what you want in life because you believe you can get there. You believe you're capable and that you can do it. I knowing that you you matter means that you you know that you are capable of so much that you could do, do so much. And it's up to you. Like you, you realize that you're the one who's creating the effect that you want in life. And Mm -hmm. instead of just sitting by and watching everything happen and thinking that you don't have a choice or, or a way of creating what you want in life for so long, I didn't know that I could do that. I just, you know how they talk about, you know, being the driver's seat of your own car kind of a thing. Yep. I was like, am I even in the car? Like, I'm in the trunk. Like, I, don't, I mean, it's my car, it's my life. It's my car, but I'm not driving it, you know. So I finally figured out how to create the wheels of, of the car that are having thoughts that are going to be empowering. I finally figured out how to steer the wheel in a way that's going to drive me the direction I want to go. Like, I finally figured that out. So when you know you matter, you you got that it's a part of you. You you recognize it, you know, it's within you and you live it. So that's yes. what I would say.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So Halima, what are some last thoughts um, that you would give our listeners on this topic? And I really, really, really encourage you guys to um, pick up her book and Halima will get into it. You can find that on Amazon. You can find it in so many different places, but I, I'm, I really would like, all my listeners, to you know, spread the word, share it to family, friends, um, post it on social media, repost. Um this episode um, because there are some serious knowledge nuggets there and we are facing some really really tough times so it's not just about what's happened to us in our childhood you know something can happen to us in adulthood the the significant loss of someone with the pandemic when people were just losing people and couldn't say goodbye and and, Mm -hmm. um, results aftermath medical effects you know so that also sits with you where you just feel like well there's nothing else, you know, to move forward. The world is going to hell, and this is going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's important to do the work and recognize it. Because, as Hamila said, you matter. Your life matters.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's so much that we can go through in life that can be traumatic. That that are that are hard, and sometimes you don't know what to do. You don't know how to face it, how to manage it, and and it's just about realizing what you have. Survived so far, and in order to realize what you are capable of, that we do have the capacity to get through these difficult times. And I always just share with people live the kind of life that you want to live so you won't have any regrets in life, you know, because like I, I for myself, like, you know, I. I don't want to lose anyone in life, but I've lost so many people. And I had to figure out how to, how to deal with that. And then I, I would like to stay living now, you know? And then, so there's this fear of, of passing, but it's, it's gotten to a point where it's just like, it's a part of life. So what can I do that when it's my time, I'm ready to go. And like I said, I want to stay here for a while. I hope I do, you know, who knows what tomorrow promises, but um, I right now just tell people live, life, how you truly want to live it, just enjoy it, do what you can to have fun and, and just have some peace in your life, love yourself and love other people. Because when you do that, then you, you won't have any regrets. you know, so just do what you can to find your happiness, to find your joy, to find your inner peace and keep building positive relationships, healthy relationships, have supportive people, supportive people around you. And, uh, just know that you can create the kind of life that you want to live. Yeah.
0: Can you give us one of the affirmations you've shared in your book?
1: Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Let's <laughs> see. What did I share? <laughs> um, oh, you know what? Yeah. Let me just look really quick. <laughs> yeah, I can't um, even think of it. Like my main aff- affirmation is, um, you know, I would say is I love you. I'm just going to say yeah. that one because, yes. well, you know, usually you think I am as affirmations. But right. but to me, it's like anything affirming that you say to yourself of um, knowing your worth to me mm-hmm. that that's, you know, that, that's an affirmation. It doesn't always have to be, I am. I feel like I noticed that a lot of people think it's, I am, but it's yeah. whatever's in the present tense is an affirmation of, of, um, whatever is positive and empowering. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go and say, I love you because yeah. we, we can say those words to other people, but mm-hmm. h- how do we say that to ourself? How do we show that to ourself? So yeah, love yourself. I love it. Halima,
0: where can people find you? Where can people find your
1: book? Where can people find you? Where can people stalk you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just to make it easy, I would just say go to hiyates.com. You can find the social links on there. Um, You can also email me if you want to participate in any of my self-empowerment workshops or my diversity equity inclusion workshops. If you want to buy the book, yeah, you can buy the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, everywhere you buy books, but you can also click on the links on my website to buy a book. So yeah, H I
0: Absolutely. And I'll put it in the show notes guys, so that you can go click on her link Buy the book, go stop her on Instagram, if you're on Instagram or whatever, and definitely yeah. sign up for her workshops. Halima, I am so grateful and humble that you spent this time with me today to share your story. I just want to say thank you for being resilient and thank you for being here. Thank you for being a love and a light in this world and being able to touch someone. You know, we when we're wounded healers, when we're here to inspire and transpire in people, we might not touch everyone, but we are placed in this earth to touch someone or a few someones. And so I know you're doing that. And I'm just really grateful and humble that you've spent this time here with me and, you know, in the show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you for having me on your show. And I appreciate you for having the show to begin with, because we need so much more positivity in the world. And you create a show that allows that uh, platform for that. So thank you for the show. Thank
0: you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at Me. Don't forget to use the hashtag podcast for your feedback.